Brothers, a podcast where two friends share tips and experiences from our own writing journeys. So hello and welcome back to Aspiring Authors Podcast. How are you doing, Lorna? I'm well. I'm cold speaking to you. I'm wearing lots of jumpers and... Um, as I was just saying to you there before we hit record, um, yeah, all the the trees are lovely red colour and yeah, so we're we're very much in the cold part, um, the cold season now in uh, Melbourne, uh, but it's nice, it's nice liking it. It's just very strange because it's the opposite with you, uh, but yeah, I'm good. How are you? Hey. Today we're getting a cold spell. It's like it went down to zero last night. So it's a bit mental when the other couple of days it's been 18 degrees during the day and it's felt a bit summer-esque. So, yeah, that's been a bit crazy, but that's British weather for you. That's Um, so funny. You know, we do talk about other things other than the weather and writing. (laughs) Um, But... Because we're on the other side of the world, it's just such a noticeable thing. But yeah, I find I do that when I call back home. We're like, oh, so what's the weather like with you? And I'm like, come on, right, we need to stop doing this. <laughs> uh, such an o- automatic thing, though, isn't it? You just go straight to that. Um, but how's your week been with writing? Um, Not as productive. Um, mm. I have to be honest. I need to really keep myself up the backside. Um, I can help. And yeah, you're very good at that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I need to get back into book two again. I keep having this blocker that I've stopped my routine in the morning, and that's really affected it because I wasn't well for a while, so I couldn't do the morning wake up. Um, so yeah, getting back into the rhythm of things, I'm too easily snoozing or forgetting to set the alarm at crazy o'clock. So I need to do that really. Um, but I've been working on. I've got the feedback from all the beta readers. Um, mm. So I'm going through all their points at the moment. I would say ninety percent has been really positive. I think there's just about ten percent I need to change. Um, some grammatical stuff that they've picked up, which is fine. Some stuff that I've mentioned in like different seasons. Um, but generally the characters are all pretty good. I need to add a couple of bits, but that's just like adding a conversation here and there. And the simplicity of just adding a couple of lines can change how you see things. I think that's mm. the difference when you start to, um, how every line matters how it can change the course of a book in some ways as long as it's not dramatic enough that changes plot points or characters and stuff like that that it can kind of confirm or um realization or anything like that so yeah i need to add in a couple of lines um and just kind of found give um, some characters a bit more foundation in certain things but yeah i would say about 90 percent of it, it's been really positive, so I just need Great. to do 10%, go through it again, and then, yeah, just do the bold leap and start submitting, so... So how many weeks do you think this might take you? I think two weeks. 
Two weeks, I think, is um, realistic. Hopefully, it might be less if I really get my um, kick myself up the backside, or you do. Um, (laughs) And yeah, so I just need to go through it again. Go through. I'm going through all the plotting points, making sure everything's covered. Um, adding in where I need to change or tweak things um, and then yeah just go through it and make sure it's strong and then just kind of send it out there I think it has to be a certain point where you have to walk away because mm-hmm. fingers Definitely. crossed if it gets picked up by an agent um, they like it they'll want changes they'll go through edits and go right okay what about this what about that and then you need and then it'll be sent out to publishers and those editors will then want to change things or focus on certain points so I think it gets to a point where there is only so much I can do I'm at that forefront that I, I've got to my limit of seeing this story and where I'm yep. happy with it and then it's down to how other people want to tweak it with and whether or not I'm happy with those changes as well so I think it's got to the point where yeah, I would be happy if I had to um, go down the line of self-publishing. I think I would then give it back to an editor and go through it one last time with them and maybe send out to a couple of beta readers to make sure the changes are good, but then maybe be the whole self-publishing thing. So I think as far as the storyline is good. And then I think once this one has actually been done dusted I can change my focus I can just like right it's out there it's doing a lot of agents say it's between six to eight weeks before you hear back right that's it in the drawer I can focus on book two again and I can get back into the rhythm of that and this is just out my head and there's nothing more I can do with it while it's away with agents and then if I get rejections then maybe I need to readdress it um so yeah or hopefully not and I get some (laughs) offers and I can move forward that way um but yeah so how's your writing week been um yeah you're still you're still a little bit ahead of me um but I am creeping up there so I just got my final edits today from my editor friend and um but I have not looked. I haven't looked it uh, through. But this week, I've been yeah, going through her edits and looking at her points. And there's some things that I need a bit of time to figure out. Um, but all in all, it's gone pretty smoothly. Um, just some uh, grammar mistakes um, that I made. Um, which she was great in helping me out. But there are some, um, yeah, issues with the the love interest that I need to address. And um, that is going to take some time. I don't know how long this is, this is going to take because I've, I've written him kind of too good to be true. <laughs> um, and, but the, the, apparently the, the love story and them the the scenes with them it's all good we just need to have him have like a kind of backstory where he's a bit more of a bad boy um 
and yet yeah, tr- having a conflict within that. So um, I'm really now going to research and watch a lot of films and um, <laughs> try and find the bad boy, which is, um, yeah, I like the nice boy. So this is hard because I, I remember saying this to people um, with, like, say, for instance, Game of Thrones um, with Jon Snow or yeah. jo- Jorah. Actually, that was before he you kind of saw that he had a a history but they were like generally they were like the nice nicer they had nice qualities good qualities I like that (laughs) but now I've got to kind of um to keep the reader involved more um yeah yeah, to do the difference is with those though that they're not they're, they're nice boys but they're not perfect no, no, no. And I think that's the thing. I think it doesn't have to be a bad, bad boy, but they can't be perfect because no one is perfect. Mm. I yes. Think unless if it's too perfect and they look like they're too ideal, I think mm-hmm. they have to have that. Um, they have to have faults. Whether or not they're truly bad boys and they're misunderstood or they've got too much pride. Um, but like Darcy say, like in Jane Austen, that he's misunderstood, that he looks like he's a pompous man. I was going to say something else there. Um, and, but he was just misunderstood and that's his pride and everything like that. So it's, yeah, it's whether or not they've got a fault with them or if they're a bad boy and misunderstood or if there's a defence mechanism there. I think they yeah, have exactly. some sort of fault because there is yeah. no guy that is perfect. I know, and it's it's just funny because we were talking about the love interest in uh, one of our previous podcast yeah, we episodes. And uh, that was one of my... I had like even said that, don't make... Everyone's flawed, so give him flaws and... So I've not taken my own advice. Um, <laughs> now you are. It you seems. Listen back to the old to our I know. I should go and notes. listen to it and say you're so <laughs> wrong. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so that's really where I am at now. I need to research it. But so far, the I've I just have to go through the edits for this week, and then uh, start adding the parts um but this it's been a nice process it's been um really helpful having someone else go through it and i think i i wasn't going to do it but i think i might need to do beta readers like yourself although that can take some time and i do want to start it, submitting this it once can. i get, um, okay you can give them a deadline though I gave mine mm. a deadline. One of them, they gave me loads of notes back, but they did exceed the deadline. So I think you need to be strong with the deadline because you're setting a deadline for a reason. Um, and I'm I'm so grateful for the time that they gave me and the notes they've made, and it's been really helpful. Um, but it did kind of extend me, but in the end it didn't really matter as much. But I think if you say, right, okay, um, there's two weeks, I need it back by, and give them a list of questions. So when you've gone through it, it's like, okay, uh, what about the love interest? Is there any plot holes? How's the opening? 
how's the arc of the story, how's the protagonist and everything. So you're giving them a list of questions to answer. You're not asking them to um, edit it in any way. You're just asking them to look at it from a reader's point of view. And if you were giving a basically a review back and going, right, if you bought this book, how would you review it? How would you see these characters? How would you do this, that, the other? And just ask them to be honest. But I would say two weeks is fair. And just then... Really? For a book? What are they getting out of that? And also (laughs) to read a book, really? I don't think that's good enough. I feel like if I was able to offer them the same service, if they were like writing their own book as well and I could do that for them too how do I find a beta reader how did you find yours well mine is more um I found one of them through um a kind of uh, a Facebook group a writing Facebook group that's attached to the best-selling experiment which um i've kind of promoted on here which are great so i'm part of their facebook group um so i asked if anyone was able to do become a beta reader and then the other ones were just friends um but you can put it out there to um twitter you can put it out and use the hashtag beta readers ask if anyone's interested you kind of need the blurb though or a pitching line so that they might be interested. So this is what, um, when we're about to discuss soon, the blurb, is it important to do it as you're writing, at the beginning of the writing or as you're writing, to kind of have an idea of it. Um, and yeah, or you, there's Facebook groups. Some, you can do the swap thing. If they're writers, you can swap back. Some people like... Um, when you've got the bloggers um, doing the book reviews and everything like that, some of them are just basically paid by reading your book and reviewing it and putting it out there. For some people, that's enough. Some people, you have to pay. So it depends where you are at and what kind of service you want and what's important to you and financial. I mean, I couldn't pay anyone to be to read on my book. I don't have that free kind of cash. So mine would be, right, these are my terms. Are you happy with them? And then you have to just stick by it. So I think you just ask really nicely and just make sure that it's professional as much as possible. Um, yeah. So it's not personal. And then what feedback they give you is per, um, honest and professional as well. So you don't feel like if they give you anything negative that it's a personal attack on you. And yeah, I think we just do that. Because we have talked about beta readers, but I think when it's your first book and you're really not too sure about how things are going just because of self-doubt and confidence and everything, it is quite nice and reassuring. And there is a, there is something that uh, my beta readers came back with. I have um, certain points in my book of suspense and they said, no, that actually didn't work for them. So my book is now becoming the simple linear book rather than jumping back and forth to this point um, oh okay so that's interesting that um three out of four said no it would work better if that was just all one chapter so i'm having to remove that but it doesn't make any difference 
to my story because I kept my story linear apart from those inserts. So I just take those out and then reform them into a chapter and then I know exactly where that's going. So it doesn't make huge work for me to do that, but I just have to remove them and then put that. And so I'm just making sure when I'm now plotting out my book and making sure everything lines up that I know to remove those and everything and then keeping that. So well, that's yeah. cool. I think, yeah, I think um, it would be helpful, but yeah. I might just go down the route of putting a wee thing out on Facebook asking people who know me or I know them and yeah, just a few and a, maybe a friend. Yeah, I'll um, I'll look into that. Um, but otherwise, so, th so um, we are getting away from our actual topic today, which is the blurb. Yes, it is. Yay. <laughs> so excited about this one. <laughs> um, so you might hear Hayley talk more on this um, episode, uh, which is fine by me. And <laughs> so Hayley, take it away. Blurbs. Okay. So, <laughs> no pressure. Um, like you were saying before, if you were um, approaching anyone, like last week's episode, we were talking about pitching um, and how important one of the pitches is, is the blurb and how it comes part of your shout line or your elevator pitch is part of your blurb as well. And your blurb is the part where it's uh, the description on the back of the book. So in America, I know that we have some American podcast, podcast listeners, hello, um, you also call it your synopsis on the back of the book or your book description. But um, in the UK, we call it the blurb. So it's basically the, giving you the simple outline that hooks in the reader um, and it's kind of giving you the... Um, the inciting incident or the catalyst moment and then the hook afterwards and kind of leaving it on a question. So what is the um, blurb and why is it important? So why do you think it's important, Lorna? Uh, well, you've got a tiny window to grab a potential reader's attention. So... Um, you know, they'll look at the cover, which I'm afraid to say I still am drawn to book covers. So if the cover isn't very interesting to me, I don't think I'll even look at it. So yeah, the cover and then you'll turn it over um, just to look at the back for the blurb so you can get the gist of the story. And it can really just be the deciding factor Um for them to take your book so you know they might they might then decide to read the first few pages as we spoke about last week that's what we do um but yeah it's pretty pretty huge front cover turn it over look at what the story's about hmm well, that sounds all right i'll i'll take that home yeah oh you get it up from the library or you get it off kindle yeah. but i think that's the thing my first thing that hooks me in is the title so if the title, title isn't intriguing or if it sounds like a particular book that I'm not as interested in reading or... Yeah, I you can get the gist of the type of genre with the yeah, title. Yeah, the title of it. And so I think the title is important and it definitely hooks you in and it's the first hook. Um, and it's either saying 
um, suspense, thriller, horror, romance, and everything. Some people um, leave it as a question, some people leave it as a statement kind of thing. And then it's definitely the book cover um, and how they are. And I think certain genres have certain looks um, to it. And I think people that's what people associate it with. If they straight away, if you're going into um, one of the supermarkets to get one of the books at the same time as you're getting all the um, shopping, which I do quite a bit, because at the moment you can't go to the bookshops, um, then they're in certain sections. You've got Thriller at one point, at one section, you've got um, women's fiction historical, you've got women fiction, you've got rom-coms, uh, so they've all got their kind of area within that kind of mini bookshelf sub sub genre yeah yep. so then you're picking within that area then you start looking at the back of the blurb and go okay i like that title that's kind of telling me something is it hitting me with the blurb and then suddenly you've got either a shout line um attached to it and then you're kind of reading it and it kind of gives you an idea and if you like it then you open up the first couple of pages and you start to read those so i think that's what you're pitching and you're trying to get people across so if you don't write something intriguing in the blurb then you've lost them you've lost me <laughs> you can kind of be like eh. intriguing yes yeah. but and accurate to the book we, it, you yeah, don't want does. anyone kind of oh this will sound good this will sound good if I write this on the back but actually I don't really delve into that <laughs> yeah yeah that's the thing you don't want to misrepresent anyone because suddenly you've got a zero star if you're trying to sell it because it's like well it tried to tell me that it was a horror but actually it was a romance so <laughs> what the hell is going on <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah or the other way around um, yeah they they won't come back and read any of your books if you do that so exactly so I think you have to be truthful so you, I think you have to understand your book when it comes to writing your blurb as well and understanding your plotting points and I think you need to finish your book as well because if you okay. don't <laughs> not i have point. a i have a little out here that's great because i i've i've tried to write my uh, blurb but i've not finished my book properly you finished so, your first one no. you finished writing it <laughs> you just haven't finished editing it yet that's oh, the difference. Uh, yeah, but there, there's still some things I need to iron out. It's just not fully, not fully there. So I'm saying in advance, that's my, why my uh, blurb is crap. Um, <laughs> uh, so when should you be sending uh, out the blurb? So before, obviously, before you send out to agents, if you're going down the traditional route um, and after you've finished the book. So I think once you finish your book and you've got a sense of where it's going, or the plot points, the character arcs, um, understanding the journey of your main character, because you have to have that kind of inciting and uh, that insight into your character. I think you have to put that across in your blurb, almost your character's voice or your voice as a writer, um, and then before you have to you have to finalize it and have it polished if you're sending it out to traditional off um traditional type so you've got the agents or publishers 
something, it needs to be polished before you send it to them, and that's why we're talking about it. But if you're self-publishing, you need to have your book done. Because if you're looking on iBooks or Kindle or anything, you straight away, yeah, you see the front cover of your book and the title, but you also start reading the blurbs. So to get an idea yeah. of the book before you I've heard, it. though, that when some people go indie, they can change their blurbs. So it's not as fixed as um, as traditional. But still, either way, you need a lot of time. I think you need a lot of time to feel comfortable with your blurb, to take some time out to even start it, keep coming back to it and be comfortable with it by the end, um, either which way you go. Because I've heard people taking months to <laughs> um, finalise their blurb, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be in that bracket as well. Yeah, I mean, it takes forever. I mean, I'm still working on my blurb. and How long have you been? I've been, <laughs> I've been working on my blurb for probably about a year. When I've been going through the edits, <laughs> when you're editing your book, you are kind of slightly changing things, and you're changing different aspects, and it makes you think where you want to... Um, centralize on so whether or not you want to focus more on the romance side or the suspense side or anything like that and how you pitch it to your reader I think at the end of the day um yeah it's it is work in progress and it's harder than writing the book pitching your book is a lot harder than writing it I think because you've got to get the words just right to entice people in. It's mm. more of a marketing degree than I think a writing degree, pitching your yeah. book. And so and it's writers the language. quite like, yeah, writers quite like escaping. That's why we write. And we're like, we're kind of dreamers, I, I would say. Um, that's <laughs> yeah. in, in some way. I'm sure we are. Even Stephen King is. We're, you're a dreamer. You're thinking of other things. So... That is, we, we want to escape things and marketing is not really part of it. It's, yeah, it's certainly uncomfortable and plenty of writers really struggle with this. Yeah, um, yeah especially the blurb pitching the book. It's just a whole other different ball game. Ooh, help. <laughs> So yeah, if you're out there writing your blurb at the moment, listen to this. We know how you feel, and I am deeply sorry for you. <laughs> and just keep going. <laughs> keep going. We know your pain. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, what kind of points should we include in the blurb to hook the reader? The areas that you need to focus on is your main protagonist. So. Um, they need to be the ones at the in your first chapter. So they're the ones you need to focus on um, and voice out the most. I think you need to kind of give an idea of the setting in the sense. It depends what you're writing. If you're writing a rom-com or a historical. If you're writing historical like myself, you need to write a year in as well. So you're giving a time and place. I think that makes sense because straight away if you're a historical fiction fan then you're looking for a certain era of time so if it's Tudors if it's Stuarts if it's World War Two, First World War um, Queen Elizabeth it's kind of whatever area that you like to read I think it's so it's important to write the time and um, the date and then it's also you need to write 
um, who's the love interest, who's the antagonist in a sense. So you need to kind of describe the first couple of chapters in the first couple of sentences. Um, mm. Can you summarize, summarizing what's happening in the first couple of chapters? Then you get to the inciting incident or the catalyst. Um, if you do the um, save the cats, and then you're talking about the hook after that. So what's hooking in the reader? So your blurb can be one ten, um, one paragraph or two paragraphs. Um, sometimes in historical because we're going to compare some blurbs in a second or some out there on ours. Um, they like to put in what's happening socially in the historical one to begin with and then the characters. So, but I know like some women's fiction, they like to just focus on the main characters and the setting and the journey that they're on. So yeah, it's kind of breaking it down and looking at it. The best way to do it is reading other people's blurbs, comparing them once you read, once you would comp to your own title, um, and just read a lot of black blurbs. And, but I think I know it's hard then trying to write yours and just like, oh, it's fine, I'll just take this word and this word and this word. But I think you need to say, right, how do they plan it? How do they set it? And then you need to be able to summarize the first third of your book into three lines and then kind of break it up that way but it's also choosing the right words to go alongside of it so you need to use adverbs in a sense to kind of describe it by using your voice and stuff and what's happening so yeah it sounds simple but it's a lot harder. So it's kind of being able to be confident with your book. And I think that's why it's so hard to write the blurb for the first book because you're riddled with self-doubt. You're riddled with, right, okay, how do I summarize my book? How do I feel for my characters? Have I got it right? Am I doing it right? Um, really understanding it. I think I would be a lot more confident writing the blurb for my second book than I would be for my first book, if that makes sense. But, um, yeah, I think that's how I would. What would you say when you've read other blurbs? How would you um, put it across, Lana? Mm, It's kind of really what you've said. Um, I've, uh, yeah, I've been listening to different YouTube videos or um, reading um, other people's blogs about this. Um, they're all kind of similar. Um, so with really what you said, um, but I would add to, yeah, make it in the, make sure it's in the style of the genre that you're writing. So as you said, to look at other books, how, what kind of words they use, how it's paced. It's for me, mine is going to be very different to yours um the blurb um and uh what's the other thing yeah um to get so to get the interest so whether it be a question you might say at the end to uh make the reader intrigued to find out more what the big question is um yeah 
Um, and also with the the amount of words as well that can that can vary um, with the genres too. So um, I'm I'm sure it's maybe you probably have more words than mine would. Um, it's not always the case, but it's what would you say around from a hundred words to two hundred words at the most. 200 is a page, isn't it? So you want... Mm. Yeah, so you're writing... I, I would say about 100 words, really. 100 words, okay. So the one... My genre I was noticing um, is about 140 really? words. I'm yeah, sorry. and that does not look like much. Okay, well, maybe I need to count the words. <laughs> and then, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I don't know, then maybe 200, but mm. I thought 200 words was a page. So, so well, that's the thing, to to count the words too. Yeah. Um, of your genre. And, um, yeah, because mine, I've just been looking at other people's of, of my genre and I'm like, okay, that's actually... I thought I hardly wrote any and then I looked at other people's word count, uh, word count for that. And I was like, oh, okay. Actually, no, that is just about the same. So, yeah. Um, you want to talk about different blurbs that we have seen? Yeah. So, which one do you want to start with? Okay. So, I'm going to read um, a blurb from a type of the type of same type of genre as myself, and uh, the writer is. Rachel Lucas, whom I have only recently read this book and it does have similar <laughs> similar qualities to mine. So I thought this might be a good one to read. Um, okay, so it is Rachel Lucas and it is called Sealed with a Kiss. Okay. Kate is dumped on her best friend's wedding day by the world's most boring boyfriend, Ian. She's mostly cross because he got in first, until she remembers she's now homeless as well as jobless. Rather than move back home to her bossy mother, Kate takes a job on the remote Scottish island of Ochinmoor as an all-round girl Friday. Her first day is pretty much a disaster. She falls over, smack bang at the feet of her grouchy new boss, Roddy, laird of the, laird of the island. Unimpressed with her towny ways, he makes it clear she's got a lot to prove. Island life has no room for secrets, but prickly Roddy's keeping something to himself. When he's demanding ex-girlfriend appears back on the island, Kate's budding friendship with her new boss comes to an abrupt end. What is Fiona planning? And can she be stopped before it's too late? That is the question. <laughs> uh, so, it's actually quite wordy when I'm reading it. Um, so at the start, we get the idea that she is set in the scene that she's been dumped by her boyfriend, who's boring. And yeah. so there's nothing exciting there. 
her her life isn't very doesn't have very much going on and then she decides to move to Scottish Island for a job yeah and then that's where she meets which can only be the love interest who is the type of Mr Darcy style that we were saying yeah you know he's He's grouchy, as it says. He's Guarded. yeah. He's yeah. straight away. Yeah, straight away. It's not um, happy ever after. It's um, she's got a bit of work to do on him. Um, <laughs> but but then there's a secret um, of Roddy's, which is something to do with his ex girlfriend. So that's the conflict. Yeah. That that yeah. Can she be stopped? So, hmm. Yeah. There's love. It's a love story. And, um... Yeah, I mean, you you clearly get an idea of what the story's about. And if you're into that kind of genre, that style, you kind of get a clear idea of it. So it does kind of... And the writing as well. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of chatty, kind of... Light. Playful. Yeah. Yeah. she's not perfect her life is kind of falling apart she's in a mate's wedding so she's kind of envious of a friend and she gets dumped by the boring boyfriend but she's uh, she's grumpy because he beat her to it and then now she's homeless she's got no job um the problems aren't that big though it's so she's well as she's homeless as well as jobless the are and the aren't. I think in everyday life, they're big. Because if you suddenly become homeless, if you're with a boyfriend and you want to leave them, it's just like, where do I go? Where do I live? Um, I need to have money behind me. But if she says homeless as well as jobless. So her life was already falling apart before that, so she had no job. And does she go home mm. to her parents or does she take a chance? And so she decides to go on this big journey and uproot her life. So you get a sense of the story her world as it is and then you get the inciting incident of her moving to scotland and you've got the upside down world which what we've talked about in the whole plotting process is that you've got the world one way and then she decides to change it by swapping it around and turning upside down and then you've got the um the second arc of the act of the story and so you kind of get that idea so it's hitting that point and then you've got the B story, you've got the guy, and you've got the love interest, and you have to, it'll have probably this playful element that it sounds like it. Um, also, the guy, the richer one, the lead. And it's kind of giving you that romantic idea of um, the story. Yes. Um, and then you've got the, yeah, then you've got the conflict, which is the ex-girlfriend, but it also gives you kind of a hint of, um, something's kind of happened, a secret, something that needs to reveal, will that impact the, the ending of the book, what, what secret does he have to reveal, so it's kind of giving you a hook in, in a sense, so I would say... The hook is starting a new life um, in Scotland. Is it all going to work out? Is it not going to? 
the love interest um it doesn't give you uh it's kind of giving you a bit of a peril of what if Fiona planning can she be stopped before it's too late but Fiona is the ex-girlfriend so it's kind of giving you that catalyst but what is if it all failed are the stakes that high yeah is the stakes high enough for your interest but then what kind of stakes do you want in a book yeah do you want the stakes just being is she gonna find love is she not gonna find love some people that's the stakes are high enough there and um, some people like thriller where the stakes have to be your life some people like um, epic ones where the stake is the world gonna end so it depends where your level of perilous stakes have to be to where you like it i think with this book you won't you don't really want anything higher than the stakes of love because that's not what you're asking for that's not what you're looking for mm. you definitely get a sense of the genre that this book is aimed at and the readers who enjoy that kind of area mm. i mean you've you've read this book haven't yeah you? so would you say that the blurb represents the flow of the book how the book is yeah yeah i would um because they do deal with the ex yeah from the middle towards the end um and there is another slight conflict but um i would say that's the big one um so yeah it's a uh, it, i would say it's pretty accurate um yeah so was this blurb what grabbed you in? Do you think this blurb worked on you? Hmm. I can't even remember reading the blurb. Why did I pick this one up? Hmm. I think it was because I actually heard about the author. And... Oh, okay. Before anything else. And... I thought I'll I'll actually read a piece because I guess it's different. I'd heard about this author and thought um, she sounds like my genre. I should maybe um, have a read, and um, that's the one that sprung up on Kindle. I don't know if I read the blurb. <laughs> if I'm being honest, uh, yeah, I don't know if I actually read the blurb. Um, okay, so if you hadn't read the book, reading the blurb now, is it a kind mm. of book that you would pick up? I think the old me, yes. I think the old me would have, but maybe not now. I think I would need... Why? Because now I know wh how I'm writing, what all the stuff I've got to include while I'm writing. I need to include more conflict and... I think I'm looking for that now in, in a book. I think I would need more oh, than that. It's interesting. Yeah, I think I would need an, more of a conflict. But having said that, it was good and it was pretty accurate with the blurb. The second book we're going to read is A Taxidermist Daughter by Kate Moss. And it's a historical fiction. The clock strikes 12. Beneath the wind and the remorseless tolling of the bell, 
no one can hear the scream. 1912, a Sussex churchyard. Villagers gather on the night when the ghosts of those who will not survive the coming year are thought to walk, and in the shadows a woman lies dead. As the flood water rises, Connie Glifford is marooned in a decaying house with her increasingly tormented father. He drinks to escape the past, but an incident has robbed her of her most significant childhood memories, until the disturbance at the church awakens fragments of those vanished years. Mm. So that's a taxidermist's daughter. Okay. So do you read you you read that? Yeah, I've read it quite a few times. And really, and do you think it's quite accurate to the story? Yeah, it's really true to the story. But it's also true, it's kind of giving you a hint of what's to come, but it covers the first one or two chapters. So it doesn't go into deeper aspects of the story. Because I think because of the way that it is, there's a suspense element to it that if you dive too much into it then it might give away plot points so it's intriguing that it's historical um i don't know if there's any truth to it but the um it definitely gives you that suspense element it gives you that hook into it i think um but yeah it's definitely true to the story what, would, what do you think? You haven't read this story. Would it intrigue you to read it? I have actually read half of that um, story. Okay. Um, because uh, I think it was yours and you gave me it. <laughs> um, it's not my style. It's not my style of book. It's even on the blurb, I would know that's not really for me. It's very dark and down. Down, down, down. The tone is very, yeah, it's just very dark. Um, so, but it sounds intriguing with her, with like um, her childhood was robbed from this incident that happened. Um, her memories of her childhood. That sounds intriguing, and for the for the type of reader, I think it would be yeah. All right, let's see what this secret is. Let's see what the incident yeah. is. And what was the very end of that? Did, she didn't ask a question, did she? She just said... No, she left it on a kind of a cliff edge. Um, until the disturbance at the church awakens, fragments of those vanished years. Okay. So it's as if there's there's a secret there yeah. that's about to be That will find out yeah, what actually that happened. Yeah, that impact... On everything else. Yep. So you got there's um a, someone screaming mm -hmm. during this time. There's a woman already lies dead. Who's this woman that you, you're about to discover? Um, how is she crucial? Is she then linked to Connie Glifford? And how does she interlink with that half of the story? And why is her father tor tormented? And does that have anything to do with? the vanished years that she's slowly discovering. So you've got a lot of questions in that. And that um, blurb is a lot smaller than yours. It mm. reads faster and I think it's I think a lot it does. less worse. Yeah, yeah. So it's, 
there, but there's more questions in it. Yeah. When you're sealed with a kiss, there was a lot more describing what's happening. Mm -hmm. There wasn't as many questions. So she was jobless, she was homeless, she had to change her life. You saw the A bit and then suddenly act one and then how it's going into act two and the upside down world and then you've got a bit of conflict happening there and everything so there's a lot of scribing in that first blur but that's the but this one's a lot mm, of questions yeah but things so it feels quick isn't it? like um it kind of felt like yeah. it was my one felt like it was darting from okay so this is this is kind of what's happening da, 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 it's getting there quick yours is taking yeah. its time and giving us some very um, desirable words, and it's it's yes. slower paced. It doesn't have to be as wordy, and that's really how it reads, though, isn't it? It's quite yeah, yeah. So uh, that they give you a taste of how each book is going to read, not like just 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 how the words are on the page, not necessarily what the yeah. story is, just you're getting an idea of how it's going to sound in your head when you're going to read it. Yeah, how it's written, yeah. the voice of it. Yeah. yeah, of how it's put across. Mm. Mm. No, I think they're both quite good examples of, yeah, the, the style of genres that we're write, writing in. And yeah. yeah, great examples. And that might show with what we're going to read now. I'm really nervous. Yes. Um, you, <laughs> okay, you. Bear in uh, mind, this is a work in progress yeah, for both and of us. I, please do not shred us on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and like, I'm so bear one of those this. people that you know will cook you a meal and say, "I'm really sorry if it tastes crap" or things like that. So <laughs> this, this again is like. Uh, I'm making excuses already. I'm going to say to you, <laughs> I spent less than an hour on this the other day. Um, so I've not <laughs> really delved too much into it. I just wanted to get words onto paper and I thought that'll do. Be uh, because I think there's something I can work with here. It's certainly not going to be... Because I can even see the fault in it already. But um, yeah. I needed to get the words down because then I can correct them, obviously. So... Um, right, I'm going to go first. Exactly. Okay? Okay, go for it. <sighs> right. Okay, let me try and read this as best as it'll sound. Um, <laughs> Kat has been living her life in a daydream. Escaping her dead-end job and unloving boyfriend, she finds herself stuck in life and doesn't know how that even happened. Rather than face the prospect of being sacked from her job... Kat gives up on her city life for a fresh start on a remote island to reinvent herself. Could Kat finally be getting her life in order, unlocking her passion for art? Things have never been better until the handsome musician Patrick comes along, undoing all Kat's good work on changing her life, just when things were going so well. Even as she tries to ignore it, Kat's past is haunting her with each passing day and makes her see that her connection to the island is deeper than she first thought. Is Kat's past finally catching up to her? Question mark. I thought that was really good. Really? Yeah. I so think that was 40 points. minutes 
Not yeah. wasted. Okay, cool. Um, I would say there's a couple of points where you might need to reshuffle the paragraph. Definitely. Add in yeah. the secret about. into, um, like, overcoming her challenges when and now her life was on track and then he comes in and mysterious and maybe mm. suggest the secret a little bit lighter and maybe a little bit earlier that yep, there's something yep. of a past coming in. But I think you cover the points really well and you kind of hook in what's about to happen and the love interest and everything. I think it works really well. You've got, it's really promising. I would say a good okay. 85 to 90% is promising and it kind of hooks people in. But I think how you word it might have to rearrange like some of the last bit Def. into it. Yeah, the it last bit. Too fragmented out of it. Yeah, the last bit sounds serious compared to the rest. So, um, but yeah, so I need to, as you said, I need to make that sound a bit lighter. Um, but that is the thing that, you know, is kind of continuous. And that's a big part of the story. So, um, yeah, I want to include that. But yeah, I think you're right. I need to just make it sound a bit more. It needs to be a shuffle. And I think the question at the end needs changed um, because I've kind of said that. Um, even as she tries to ignore it, Kat's past is haunting her with each passing day and makes her see that her connection to the island is deeper than she first thought. Is Kat's past finally catching up to her? That's kind of what I said at the start there. Um, it is and so it it's is like, can yeah. can she, yeah, can she overcome her something? I feel it, like I need to word it differently. It's good though because it is stating the stakes though, what the stakes are at, where which her challenges and everything. Um, but yeah, it's whether or not you need to kind of focus on that element. Or mm -hmm. leave the question of the love interest, because when yes. you had it, the question with the love interest, um, halfway through it or two thirds of the way through it, I thought that was yep. quite a good one as well. So it depends what you want to focus on. If you want to focus more on the stakes and her journey and the past, and that kind of gives you a bit of a, like a suspense thing. What's happened before? Is there a deeper thing happening there? Or do you want to focus on the lighter romantic side? And I think, so it depends which way you want to angle it because the two different ways of doing it and two different kind of readers. So do you want to focus That's more true. on the romantic side and, and pitch that to the readers and that's what they're picking up is a nice lighter romantic book or do you want to picture or, it more like a women's fiction that the journey that she's of finding being a herself. woman and the stakes yep. and what she's hiding the secrets and mm, or is she it's discovering hard. something? I think it, because yeah. that's the thing we're talking about is that um, like the past um, podcast as well with the pitching is that how you pitch it is how the reader's going to pick it up. So mm. you need to kind of understand where your book is and what you want to focus on mainly. Is it the romantic side is dominant or is it more her stakes and her journey the most dominant side of it and how you then pitch it to the readers? Because you don't want to pitch a, rom a light romantic side to the book and that's what they read in the blurb, but actually the romantic side is the undernote 
to the journey yes. of the main character. Secondary, yeah. Yeah. So um, which is which is absolutely great point, and um, but I still don't know that because I'm not. I yeah. think that's all going to happen with how I've uh, come with the editing process now. So it's the the love interest that I need to focus on. So it all depends on how that comes out, if he's going to be such a focal point or yeah. if it is going to be secondary. So that could, that blurb might very well... Um, it will change. So um, it depends which, which angle you're right. I think it's interesting to write the blurb, though. It helps to make you realise yeah. where you want to focus a story as well. I mean, I had that kind of... Um, I'll read my blurb out in a second. But I had that issue as well. Do I focus on the political side and the suspense? Or do I focus more on the romantic side of the book? And which one dominates more of the other? They both impact each other. But which one needs to have the bigger voice and which one is secondary? Um, and I think yeah. when you're writing for the first time, unless you've got a clear outline, you know exactly where it's going and you pick the voice and the theme to begin with and that's what you stick with, I think it's quite simple. But if you've got different threads going in and out, I think it's interesting when you get to this point and you're trying to pitch it, what do you focus on more on? Do you focus more on the romantic side mm, or the mm. person's journey or the suspense side, the thriller side, where do you want to go and what readers do you want? So, yeah. So that with that in mind... That's excellent. <laughs> Let's hear yours. Come on. Okay. And like <laughs> I said, please be nice. Please be gentle. Please be <laughs> So, The North, 1830... <laughs> Sorry. No, I was laughing at you because you were like just waffling on. Bless. <laughs> like I do. Go. Okay. No, you're awesome. So, rope walk. The North, 1831. The reformers are preparing to rebel against the crown and the government in the North. The fight for the right for a vote is stirring amongst the workers and this time they will be heard. Beatrice Lightfoot, a young woman, is trapped by social standing position and family. Dreams of adventure and longs to escape from an abusive home when she gains the attention of Captain Hanley, who offers her an enticing deal to attend the May Day dance. But when Beatrice encounters a handsome gentleman, Joshua Mason, the three become entangled in a destructive and dangerous relationship. It's not long until the rumours of Captain Hanley's past comes to light and Beatrice, fearful for her for his hold over her, must choose between challenging the social divide, love, family, or her life. Okay, that's very, really good. That's really good. Um, I think that holds my attention more than the other blurb you you actually read out. Um, Was that the elevator pitch, the question one? No, no. Um, what you read out there of yours yeah. holds more... Um, of my attention than the Kate Moss. Oh, the taxidermist daughter. One. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, obviously different stories, but yeah. Um, how, yeah, how how you did that with the love triangle? Um, it does. I would pick that up and be like, that sounds really intriguing. Um, ooh, and kind of sexy and dangerous, <laughs> which sounds like you've captured that. Yeah. And I think it is. Um, 
But there is other underlying factors there. It's not just the love triangle. My one thing would be to maybe say it's in England because north, and then you said north, and then you said north somewhere else. I would make it clear where that is. That's the thing. When it's historical and where it's like based on a actual place, um, it's harder. Because um, I could put Lancashire. Phoebe might know that one a bit more. But it's um, it's in a small town in it, and it's on the Furnace Estuary. So it's now Cumbria, though. That's the problem. Um, so, yeah, it's picking up the place maybe I need to work on. And I thought by yeah, putting the I, I think that's... I think it flows really well, and I can't think of anything to say to um, give you constructive um, feedback. I think it, your your style, as we said, my style is not really the style you would read, and your style is not really the style I would read. Although you reading that um, makes me want to read it, so that's, that's pretty good. Vice versa, yeah. your blurb made me want to read it. Oh, God, you're fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Beep. <laughs> you're so amazing. I love you. I love you more. But that's the thing. I'm not a big um, fan yeah. of women's fiction as much. I love the films. I love a good rom-com and escape them. Yeah. But it hasn't quite drawn me in women's fiction um, to actually grab hold of me and and keep me reading because it takes me days, hours, weeks to read a book. Um, and so I need something that has that suspense, that has that darker side, has something gripping onto me or a historical time that I want to learn more about. I want to be immersed in that world and escape mm. and go to another time. So that's why I love historical fiction and I love researching horror. I love history. And so researching and writing yeah. historical fiction, I love doing. I do, yeah. I, I actually find myself reading historical fiction more now than uh, women's fiction, like with current... I, I'm actually reading a, a lot more historical and um, because I find that fascinating too. I just don't know if I could write it because there's so much more research to do whereas <laughs> yeah which is so off-putting and frankly you know writing a book is long enough then to have to add all the research involved into it too put, puts me off slightly um okay Haley. um so well they're good yeah and i feel less scared about showing anyone else that because um, we just so, showed it yeah. to how many <laughs> yeah podcasts so listeners. i feel good Good. Me too. So if you're inspired by um, any of the blurbs that we've read out, or if you want to be a part of it as well, then we'll do another podcast down the line and just send us over your blurbs um, to aspiringauthors at outlook.com and we'll pick a couple and then we'll um, read them out onto the podcast and give you some feedback if you fancy it. Um, yeah, and then just be a part of the process. And if you need any guidance or help, and we'll be as nice as anything. Um, yeah, so just email <laughs> it over to us. Cool. Recommendation time, Haley. Recommendation time.
so uh, this week we actually um, not we normally just kind of quickly chat at the beginning to see who, what recommendation you have, yes. um, just to double check. Um, and we both selected two recommendations, and those two recommendations are the same. Yeah. So I picked I picked one yes, I first, and then I thought <laughs> I thought Haley if Haley picks that one. Um, which I'm, I think she might because we chatted about before. Then I'll I'll do this other one, and you have done that too. We yeah. both select the same things. Exactly. So I think so. we'll both we'll just. So you just say one, and I'll say the other. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, and we both recommend them both. So there we go. Yes, they're Strong great. recommendations for both of these. <laughs> <laughs> so. My recommendation is a YouTube video. Um, she does quite a good channel with different characterizations and plotting and stories and stuff like that. And she's called Vivian Reese. And it's how to write an irresistible book synopsis. So she's American. Um, for the English um, people, then it's a blurb. Um, and yeah, she kind of breaks it down and touches a on the point of researching other people's blurbs and books. Um, mine also would be to reform the my recommendation from last week with the pitching to go through, if you're a writer out there, to do um, Kate Harrison um, Pitch Power. She goes through blurbs as well and gets you to think about it. But again, they talk about reading other blurbs and I think that's my biggest recommendation for you is to read mm. similar books that you have to analyze their blurbs like we have so yep Lana what would your recommendation be so the other one we both recommend is Esther Rabbit yeah and she has a website um with a blog and she deals with uh yeah, all the kind of questions that authors face. So she is an author herself, and um, yeah, her blog is great. She also discusses the dreaded blurb, um, and yeah, pitching and ever everything. It's fantastic. But she also has a YouTube channel, yeah. so she has got some videos up. But I do recommend her blog too, guys. Uh, yeah. Good recommendations this week. Yay. Aren't we so similar, Haley? We are similar. We just can't we help it. Across the divide, across the world, <laughs> but we are in sync. Across the oceans. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, you can find us on Facebook at Aspiring Authors Podcast. And we post every week. Um, we put our podcast up there and also the recommendations that we have. So take a deco over there if you are on Facebook. Yeah, or you can find us on Aspiring Author Pod at Twitter. Um, send us a message, follow, like, um, tweet us, anything you want. And just kind of, we want to build the community of writers. I think that's the biggest thing is to support other people out there in the same position as us or starting off or if you become a published author in any way give us advice because we probably need it as well so yeah, yeah <laughs> we are aspiring authors we are not as authors yet we are still learning so yeah any advice would be appreciated <laughs> thank you for listening to the aspiring authors podcast and i'll speak to you soon Rana. 
I'll speak to you soon, Haley. Bye. Tara. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>